In this sermon, we look at several portions of scripture from the book of Daniel that foretell specific end-time events: the rise of the Antichrist, Daniel's 70th week, the desecration of the temple, and other events. All right. We're going to uh, get ready to make our declaration, uh, speak the word of God over our lives this morning. And I want to just remind us uh, the importance of speaking the word, right? Uh, there are many reasons why we speak the word. Uh, it's very, one, imp- one important reason why we speak the word is because it's the way we release our faith, right? When you have faith in God and you want to release your faith, you speak the word of God into your circumstances, also another reason why we speak the word because it's our weapon of warfare against the enemy it's the sword of the spirit so when you are contending against the enemy and you uh, and you want to fight uh, engage in spiritual warfare you speak the word you release uh, god's word out of your mouth and 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 that's a weapon against the enemy also there is creative power in the word of god See, the, the Word of God is a carrier of the power of God. So when we speak the Word, we are releasing God's creative power into our own lives. And that Word can shape our circumstances, our situations, our, our, our you know, things in our lives. That Word will begin to shape things. So you speak the Word. You say what God says. Now, uh, in Joshua chapter 10, you have this very unusual incident where... Joshua's gone out to battle, and, and the odds are against him and the people of Israel. There are 10 other kings, other armies coming uh, uh, that they're going to fight with. The odds are really against the people of Israel. And as Joshua's going, of course, God is also backing his people up. But on that one particular day, Joshua does something unusual, which probably no one else has done ever since. On that day, Joshua commands the sun to stand still, right? He says, son, stand still. I mean, humanly speaking, it's impossible for any, any, it just can't happen. But here's Joshua, he speaks and he says, son, stand still. And the Bible says, the son stood still for about a whole day, for about a whole day. And interestingly, and I'm not, you know, I'm not in any way an astronomer or an astrophysicist or anything like that. But looking back in time, there is one unaccounted day in mankind's timeline one day that cannot be accounted for interesting but the point here is this how did joshua do it it wasn't his power or his strength of course it's god who did it but what caused joshua to connect with god's working in this manner he spoke he declared something he said something and then god intervenes and so i just want to impress that upon our hearts what's going to cause god to intervene in your life in my life i mean if god would care in so much for his people that he actually stopped the sun from moving for an entire day because he wanted his people to get the job done on that day. How much more will he intervene in the situations and circumstances of your life and mine? But there's one thing we need to do to connect with God. We need to speak, declare faith, speak faith. Amen? And that connects with God. That so that gives God an opportunity to work in our lives. So let's stand up to our feet this morning and understand that as we make our declaration, we're giving God an opportunity saying, God, this is what I believe. This is what I'm declaring over my life. And this is what I want you to do in my life. So let's raise our Bibles high up in the air. Say this out loud, bold and strong together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing. To many people, I receive His word, I believe His word, And I live by his word. Christ is my master. And to him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Say hi to the person next to you, please. And you may be seated. All right. We are in a series on the end times. We've been studying different things on the end times. And this morning, we're going to do something interesting. 
we're going to look at chapters certain chapters and portions of scripture in the book of daniel and uh, we're going to read it read those portions of scripture and i'm just going to make comments or explain how we interpret uh, those passages in the book of daniel uh, the old testament has a lot to say about the end times the book of isaiah has a lot jeremiah has a lot and ezekiel and zechariah all these books have a lot to say about the end times but daniel is one of the most astounding prophetic records of the end times he foretold history he gave history in advance of what will happen over time and he foretold thousands of years ahead of time things that are going to happen but sometimes when we read the book of daniel it's a little difficult to understand because there is prophetic imagery meaning when god speaks to you and me many times he uses images and even today and god wants to speak to you he uses images like a picture can convey a thousand words right or uh, so god uses imagery to speak to us so there is a lot of prophetic imagery in the book of daniel and so at times it's difficult to understand what is the meaning of all this but this morning we want to quickly read through and i'll make comments and uh, hopefully uh, all of these uh, many of these passages will come alive will have make sense right now will make sense as we uh, go through this this morning and then we're going to take some time to pray uh, and believe god for prophetically for things to happen in our own lives uh, because we serve the same god Now Daniel uh, he ministered between 605 BC to 535 BC approximately 600 years uh, before the Lord Jesus uh, this was the time when Jerusalem had been conquered by the Babylonians uh, Nebuchadnezzar the emperor of the Babylonians had come in destroyed Jerusalem taken a lot of people into exile into captivity uh, and uh, Daniel was serving in several of these empires that came one after the other Uh, and he prophesied god gave him these prophetic utterances and revelation during that time so we're going to read about read these passages and try to understand it the first prophetic passage that we see in the book of daniel is in daniel chapter 2 and interestingly this is a dream that nebuchadnezzar has so it's not something given to daniel per se but it's a dream given to nebuchadnezzar and it's a series of events that god is un- unveiling to this babylonian king but it's daniel who makes reveals the dream and the meaning of it so let's read this in daniel chapter 2 we'll read verses 31 to 45 i want us to read it from from the scriptures rather than directly making comments so please follow along with me in your bible or on your phone or on your device where you have your bible here's what daniel reveals to him verse 31 onwards You O king were watching he's telling Nebuchadnezzar the dream he had Nebuchadnezzar forgot like many of us we get up in the morning and say man I forgot what dream I had so Nebuchadnezzar forgot the dream Daniel is telling him this is what you had verse 31 you O king were watching and behold a great image this great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and its form was awesome this image's head was one of fine gold its chest and arms of silver its belly and thighs of bronze its legs of iron its feet partly of iron and partly of clay you watched while a stone was cut out with our hands which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces then the iron and clay and the bronze the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors the wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth so what would you do if you had that kind of a dream wake up you saw this big image gold on top silver here bronze here metal feet i mean iron feet and then the the, the legs and the toes were a mix of iron and clay and then you saw this big meteor a big rock coming uh, and you know this rock was not carved by any hand just comes and it crushes this thing and it so crushes this that and and it's all blown away it's all forgotten what would you make of it so that's the dream that nebuchadnezzar had what is the meaning now here is daniel's interpretation verse 36 this is the dream now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king you o king are a king of kings for the god of heaven has given you a kingdom power strength and glory And wherever the children of men dwell or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven 
He has given them into your hand and he's made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. You are this head of gold. So Daniel is interpreting the dream. King Nebuchadnezzar, you are the emperor of the Babylonian empire. You are represented by this head of gold. Verse 39. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. And then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Verse 41. Whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it. Just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay. So the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay. They will mingle with the seed of men. But they will not adhere to one another. Just as iron does not mix with clay. Verse 24. And in the days of these kings. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. And that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation sure. So what is Daniel saying? Daniel is interpreting this and he is foretelling what God is revealing to the king. He's saying, king, there are these different kingdoms that are going to arise one after the other. A sequence. Today we have the advantage of history. We can look back and see that all of this has actually come to pass and know where we are in time. But remember, this is 500 years before Christ. This is many, about 2,500 years before today. Daniel was speaking. Now, we can interpret, it, interpret this looking back in history. And also, I'll tell you how, why we actually say this. Because of what we will see later revealed in chapter 8. But he said the head of gold that represents the Babylonian empire. Right after the Babylonians came the, Medo, the Medo-Persian empire. They overthrew the Babylonians. And that's represented by the second great empire. That's the, the arm of silver. But right after the Medo-Persians came the Greek empire led by Alexander the Great. He overthrew the Medes and the Persian empire at that time and he established his empire. But the Grecian empire was then overpowered by the Romans. And the Roman, Romans ruled for a long time, that entire region, the Roman empire. But then time came that even that empire fell. And what we are now left with, with is with the, at the feet where there is the mix of iron and clay that are loosely intermingled. And so in that same region of the former Roman Empire, we have a loosely connected group of nations. They are trying to connect, but it's really not because iron and clay will not really connect. Are you with me so far? And then he says, in the time of that revised empire what will happen god is going to send his kingdom which in that dream was this big rock that was not made that man didn't you it was not man-made it came purely by the working of god are you with me so far and it came and it crushed this kingdom and then daniel says once this feet and toes are there and that loosely connected kingdom that the people are trying to establish Once we come to that time, the next thing after that is the kingdom of God going to be established here on earth. And it's a kingdom that will will rise like the mountains, will overpower everything else, that all of the previous empires will be forgotten. Are you with me? Keep in mind the toes. Now let's go to Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel 7, we see a parallel prophetic dream that Daniel has. And, uh, and we'll also look at the interpretation. Daniel 7 verses 1 to 28. Are you all with me so far? Okay, it's all right. It's a little heavy this morning, but I think it's nice just to read uh, scripture and understand the meaning of it. Daniel chapter 7, we'll read from verse 1 all the way to 28. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream telling the main facts. So when you have a dream, what must you do? Write it down. Right? 
So for many years, whenever I have a dream, I just type it in my laptop and save it in a document. For every year I have a document, I record all the major dreams or prophetic words that I've had, I record it. So when you have a dream, write it down. Even if you don't understand it, okay? Verse 2, Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off. And it was lifted from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. And a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear. It was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And, and they said thus to it, arise, devour much flesh. And this, after this I looked and there was another like a leopard which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them. Before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. I watched till thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days was seated. And his garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame and its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. I watched then because of the sound of pompous words which the, th- which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. Yet the lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching in the night visions and behold, one like the son of man coming by the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. What is it? Verse 17. Those great beasts which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was exceedingly different from all the others. Exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron, its nails of bronze, which devoured, broke in pieces and trampled the residue with its feet. And the ten horns which are on its head. And the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came from the saints to possess the kingdom. Then he said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth which shall be different from all the other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings. So what are the ten horns? Ten kings, ten leaders, who shall arise from this, from which? From this fourth kingdom. And another shall arise after them, another horn. That's another king, another leader. He shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. So another horn is going to rise. Another king or leader is going to rise. He's going to subdue three of these ten that, that came from the fourth kingdom. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. Shall persecute the saints of the Most High. Shall intend to change times and law. And the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times and half a time. A time, a year, times means two. That makes three Half a time, half a year. So for three and a half years. Uh, will be given uh, authority over the saints. Verse 26. But the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion. To consume and destroy it forever. 
Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me and my countenance changed. But I kept the matter in my heart. All right. What does all this mean? Let's go back to the image there. So this revelation here in Daniel 7 parallels what he saw in Daniel chapter 2. He saw four kingdoms. The first one, and again, when we read chapter 8, we will understand why we are saying this. But the first kingdom where he saw the lion with wings is parallel to the head of gold. It's the Babylonian kingdom. The second kingdom, this time he saw a bear that was powerful and treading, uh, killing a lot. That was the Medes and the Persian empire. The third animal that he saw was a leopard, which was very powerful, which moved very swiftly. This represents the Greek or the Grecian empire. Alexander the Great was one of the most, I would say he, he grew his empire so fast that by the age of 33, he had taken over large portions of the Persian empire and was expanding even all the way to India. And he was only 33 years of age. So he was moving very fast, very swift, devouring everything that was on his way. That's represented by the leopard with wings. But then after him came another kingdom. So as the angel explained, or as he understood the vision, each of these four beasts represent four kingdoms. Are you with me? So the meaning is right there in the passage, in the interpretation. Four kingdoms. So the fourth kingdom was very powerful. It was so powerful, it overpowered all the previous ones. And we know it to be the Roman Empire. Now, out of this Roman Empire, he saw ten horns. He saw ten horns coming out, out of the fourth beast. That is in verse 20. And the ten horns which were on its head. And he says there, he explains to us in verse 24, that the ten horns are ten kings. So that means from this fourth beast, from this fourth kingdom, this Roman Empire, from that same area, are going to arise ten kings or ten leaders. Are you with me so far? And they're going to come into prominence. They're going to come into power. Now the ten horns here parallel the ten toes of the previous image. You with me so far? Okay. Ten toes. Previous one. Now ten horns. Just that in that previous picture, he was clearly shown that it came out of another empire which had a mixture of iron and clay. Right? So it was an empire that came after the fourth from that, ten horns, ten kings come. But there comes another horn, another leader, who subdues three of these ten horns. That means he somehow overpowers and he controls three of these. But, and this other horn is the horn that begins to speak pompous words against the Most High. So we know it now as the Antichrist. As you read more in Daniel, all this will become even more clearer. So this other horn, He's going to speak words, pompous words against the Most High. And he tells us some characteristics of this other horn. He says in verse 20, the other horn which came up before him, which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes. So this other horn is going to have eyes, meaning he's going to have foresight and insight. He's going to have wisdom. He's going to be, speak pompous words. He's going to be a great orator. He's going to have influence on people through what he speaks and says. And his appearance was greater than his fellows. He's going to have great charisma. He's going to be able to influence people with his charisma. That's the description of this other horn that's going to come. And overpower these three horns, three other kings, leaders from the ten horns, the previous ten leaders. And what's he also going to do? Verse 25, he's going to speak pompous words against the Most High. He's going to persecute the saints. Here in this context, it's the Jewish people. He's going to persecute the Jewish people. Verse 25, he's going to change times and law. I mean, he's going to try to change things. He's going to uh, try to control the systems and, and the way things are done. He's going to exert his influence on people. And God will permit this for three and a half years. A time, times and a half. One, two and a half. Three and a half. Are you with me so far? So God's going to permit that. He's going to let it be. But after that, he says... The ancient of days, the son of man is going to come and he is going to set up his kingdom and he's going to have his saints administer the kingdom. Amen. So this parallels Daniel chapter 2, just using different imagery. 
now let's go to Daniel chapter 8. Are you all with me so far? Okay. Daniel chapter 8. If you have lost somewhere along the way, I don't know, just get a map. Quickly join us. Just Daniel chapter 8. And we're going to look at verses 1 to 27. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time. I saw in the vision, and it so happened while I was looking, that I was in Susham, the citadel, which is the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulai. Then I lifted my eyes and saw there, standing beside the river, which was a ram, which had two horns. And the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other. And the higher one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, southward, so that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth. Without touching the ground and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Then he came to the ram that had two horns which I had seen standing beside the river and ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confronting the ram and he was moved with rage against him and attacked the ram and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him. And there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore the male goat grew very great but when he became strong the large horn was broken and in place of it four notable horns came up toward the four winds of heaven and out of one of them came a little horn which grew exceedingly great toward the south toward the east and toward the glorious land what is the glorious land you can take a guess you'll get it right Israel the land of Palestine land of Israel Verse 10, and it grew up to the host of heaven and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. He even exalted himself as a high, uh, as high as a prince of the host. And by him, the daily sacrifices were taken away and the place of a sanctuary was cast down because of transgression. An army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this in prosper. Then I heard a holy one speaking. Another holy one said to, said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? I mean, how long is he going to be allowed to do all this? Verse 14, And he said to me, For 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Then it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision, And was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So who would come now? Angel Gabriel. He's the messenger of God. So he's come now to Daniel to help him understand this vision. Verse 17. So he came near when I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, understand son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. But he touched me and stood me upright. And he said, look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation. For, the appoint- for at the appointed time, the end shall be. The ram which you saw, having two horns, they are the kings of media and... Ah. So now, this understanding helps us understand the previous one. So he's saying... What is that ram? It represents the empire of Media and Persia. It's representing the Medo-Persian empire. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. Now remember, when Daniel's time, none of this existed. So he's having foreknowledge. This is what's going to happen. That male goat represents another empire, the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first, it's the first king of the Grecian Empire. This was Alexander the Great. Are you with me? Verse 22, as for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. Meaning, when his empire collapses, there will be four kingdoms coming out of that. But they will not have the same power 
as the Grecian kingdom. Are you with me? And in the latter time of their kingdom, so now there's a gap between the fulfillment of this. He's saying there's a time gap here. In the latter time of their kingdom, the transgressors have reached their fullness. So that means there's a lot of time. Sin is abounding now. What will happen? A king shall arise. Another leader is going to rise. Having fierce features. Who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty. But not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully. And shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty people. Through his cunning. Now where is this king going to rise from? If you look back in verse 9. It says out of one of them came a little horn. Out of these four kingdoms came a little horn. So as this angel is, Gabriel is helping us understand, he's saying this sinister leader is going to come out of one of those four kingdoms that came out of the Grecian empire. Are you with me? Yes? No? Okay, I'll give a full summary of it. Let's finish reading. And in the latter time of their kingdom, the transgressors have reached their fullness. A king shall arise, having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. Verse 24. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. And he shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall cause the sea to prosper under his rule. And he shall exalt himself in his heart. And he shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes. But he shall be broken without human means. Meaning supernaturally he's going to be destroyed. And the vision of the evenings and mornings which was told is true. That means that 2,300 days you saw actually represent evenings and mornings. So that means you divide them into half. There's 1,150 days. Which was told is true. Therefore seal up the vision for it refers to many days in the future. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for many days. And afterward I rose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. Now, I want this as a side note. Daniel was going about the king's business. Meaning, he was working. Right? He was serving the government. He, if you want to call it a government servant. He was working for the king. He had a full-time job. The point I want to make is he wasn't sitting up on the hill somewhere waiting for visions. He was going about his daily work. Are you with me? So in order to have visions from God, you don't need to quit your job. I don't know how to put it more plain. I mean, God can use anyone. He can speak to any one of us. And also, you know, just you can be a prophet in the marketplace. You can be an anointed of God in the marketplace. That's the point I want to make. But let's summarize what he sees here in chapter 8. He sees a ram that has two horns, but one horn grows bigger than the other one. And Gabriel says this represents the Medo-Persian empire. So these two empires, first the Medes come in, they're growing strong, they're expanding in all directions. But the Persian part of this empire becomes stronger, King Cyrus. He becomes much more stronger. So the Persians really establish that kingdom very powerfully. So that's the ram with two horns. But the one horn becomes much, much more stronger. The Persian empire becomes stronger. But after that, he says, there is a male goat from the west. So the Persians are in Iran, Iraq, that area. They're growing strong. But then there comes from the west, from Greece. So he says that goat you saw with one horn is that Grecian empire. It's very powerful. And it comes and it overtakes, it destroys uh, the, the ram. So that's Alexander the Great coming in. The first king, the horn represents the first king, Alexander the Great. Looking back in history, we can identify all this. He comes and he destroys everything. He's growing very strong, but he says he will be cut off very soon. This is verse 21. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between his eyes is the first king. And then what happens to the first king? Uh, verse 8. It says... Therefore, the male goat grew very great. But when he became strong, the large horn was broken. And that's what happened to Alexander the Great. He was growing really strong. But suddenly he died. At the age of 33, he died. And what happened? Four of his generals divided his empire. And four kingdoms were established out of the Greek kingdom. Today, looking back, and you look at those four kingdoms, they represent four countries we know today. Syria, Turkey, Egypt, and Greece. These are the four kingdoms that belonged to or were part of the Grecian Empire. Are you with me? 
And so these are the four countries. And Gabriel says now, out, this is verse 9, out of one of them came the little horn. So out of one of these four countries, Syria, Turkey, Egypt, and Greece, out of one of these countries will come this little horn, which is the Antichrist. When you read the rest of the description. Are you with me so far? Now, what's interesting is all these four countries later on became part of the fourth kingdom, that is the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire covered all this region. So these four countries later on were conquered by the Romans and they were part of the Roman Empire. So remember, there are ten horns or ten leaders coming out of the fourth kingdom, the Roman Empire. But the little horn is coming out of one of these four kingdoms. It's going to come out of Egypt, Syria, Turkey or from these four, one of these four kingdoms, this little horn is going to rise. And he's going to overpower three of the ten leaders that would arise from, one, uh, from among the countries that belong to the former Roman Empire. Is it clear with me so far? Okay. And what's he going to do? The description of this horn is so uh, in aligned with what we already read in Daniel 7. He is the Antichrist. In this place, we, we, in this chapter, we see that he is going to stop the daily sacrifices in the temple. If you do the calculation, morning and evening, 1,150 days. For three and a half, in the previous chapter, it was a time, times and a half. That is three and a half years. 1,150 days is just short of 1,260. That is three and a half years. 110 days short. For that entire duration, the sacrifices in the temple, he is going to say, you can't do it. He's going to stop it. So Daniel is getting an understanding of all this and he's recording it for us. And he tells us what this uh, powerful antichrist, I mean, how powerful this antichrist will be, that he's going to be empowered not by human strength. He's going to have super, I mean, uh, uh, ability given to him by another source. And it talks about, uh, uh, talks about how he's going to be broken, not with human means, meaning God is going to step in and destroy this antichrist. That's in verse 25. Now let's go to Daniel chapter 9. It's a smaller passage, but it's a build up on all that he's been uh, shown so far. Daniel chapter 9. We'll read verses 20 to 27. Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 to 27. Now while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. So Daniel was spending time in prayer. He was praying and interceding. Verse 21. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. It was kind of late in the evening, in the evening time. And he is having a, a visitation from the angel. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I've now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. And I've come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. So this 70 weeks concerns your people, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, and concerning the city of Jerusalem. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So in this period, all these things will happen. Uh, Transgression will be brought to an end, end of sin. Uh, Atonement for sin will take place, reconciliation of iniquity. Uh, Righteousness will be established. Uh, All these prophecies will be fulfilled. That is to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. That means to anoint the holy of holies, the most holy place. You see the temple reestablished. So 70 weeks and it's going to happen. Verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62. Seven plus 62 is 69. Okay, there will be 69 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. Now, When we talk about weeks, we understand in scripture, in biblical typology, a week represents a year. So seven weeks, each week represents seven years. Okay. So he's saying from the time the command goes to rebuild Jerusalem till the Messiah is 
cut off, the Messiah is killed, is 69 weeks, 483 years. Looking back at history, we can see that from the time King Cyrus gave the decree for the Jewish people to go back and rebuild their city and their temple, to the time Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem, was exactly 483 years. Are you with me? This was fulfilled to the year. 69 weeks times 7, 483 years. Then, he says, so that took care of a lot of things, of dealing with the reconciliation for sin. Jesus Christ came, he died for our sin, made atonement, and so on. That was verse 26. Verse 27, then he, that is the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, for one seven-year period. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. Of abo- and on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. So, 69 weeks, that is fulfilled to the Messiah is crucified. Then there is a time gap, which is the church age. The church was born after Jesus ascended into heaven. The church is established. The gospel is being preached all over the world. There's a time gap. And then begins Daniel's 70th week. The last seven year period. Are you with me? So once the church is is taken out of the way. The rapture takes place. Then the last seven year period comes in. And in the last seven year period. That is verse 27. Is the Antichrist who establishes this peace treaty for many. With many. He establishes a peace treaty. gains control. But in the middle of the week. That is in the middle of three and a half years. He breaks this treaty. He brings an end to sacrifice and offering, which we already saw in chapter 8. How he abolishes, he stops the daily sacrifices. So he brings an end to this sacrifice. And he sets himself up uh, in that place. And that three and a half years is a time when judgment is poured out on the earth. Are you with me so far? So you see how each one is building up on the other. And the Lord Jesus himself refers to Daniel's or prophecy and call talking about the abomination of desolation. The apostle Paul also writes about this in Second Thessalonians chapter two. He says, "When you see this happen, uh, this is this is just waiting to happen. The only thing is, he has to be taken out of the way. The church has to be taken out of the way, and then all this thing will happen. The twenty seventh verse will actually come into place. Amen. I'm going to skip chapter eleven. It's a long chapter, but it describes again history. It's 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 a detailed history in advance. Chapter eleven. I'm just going to go to chapter 12. We're going to read chapter 12. Much of chapter 12 is self-explanatory. We'll just read it. You can see the prophecies there uh, uh, being fulfilled. We'll read chapter 12 and then we're going to pray. Daniel chapter 12 verse 1. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there were, since there was a nation. Even to the time, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal this book, seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. So what will happen in the end? People are going to be traveling. There's going to be increased travel. There's going to be increased knowledge uh, uh, during this time. Then I, Daniel, looked and there stood two others, one on this river bank and the other on that river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, how long shall be the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, a times and half a time. Again, three and a half years. When the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be. So it's all going to, this, this, this whole thing, the last three and a half years, it's all going to happen. And the power of the, God's people is going to be really suppressed during that three and a half years. And then all these things will be done. All they heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Uh, so, 
now he's saying there's 1,290 days. That this another additional 30 days is being given. Uh, 1,260 is three and a half years, another 30 days. Now many Bible scholars believe that this additional 30 days is for uh, the uh, cleansing of that temple that has been desecrated to cleanse it and get it ready for the to for its function in the millennium for the millennial temple. We read about the millennial temple in the in, in the book of Ezekiel chapters 40 to 48. So this additional 30 days is that time period given to do that. Verse 12. But blessed is he who waits and comes to 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will rise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Verse 12, there, there's another 45 days and many people uh, understand this to be that, that period uh, when there is going to be that, uh, that the gathering of saints and, and, and the judgment taking place just before the millennial is initiated. So there's this time gap from the destruction of the Antichrist to the initiation of the millennial kingdom. Two major things are going to happen. Uh, the millennial the temple has to be clean, cleansed, ready, and sacrifices brought back in the millennial temple, and also the the uh, all the millennial saints, all the saints who died in the tribulation, everyone else being resurrected, and the kingdom set in order. This time gap, uh, these additional days, is what many ascribe, uh, many say, will take place in these days. And uh, then there is a promise there in verse thirteen: "But go your way till the end, for you shall rest." And will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Daniel, you go. You're going to die. But you're going to come back. And you're going to rise into your inheritance. You're going to be part of that kingdom. That's going to rule and reign on the earth. Amen. So I think when you look at these prophecies in Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 8, and uh, Daniel 9. And then again, the closing chapter, Daniel 12. It is so amazing. That God could speak through the prophet. This was 2,500 years ago. Describe sequence of empires, powers that would come. Describe what was going to happen. And then speak right into the very last period of time. The last three and a half years. And how God himself will set up his kingdom here on earth. And his saints will help him administer that kingdom. Amen. So now these, these notes will be available in case you slept through this whole thing. doesn't matter. <laughs> the notes will be available. You can go and study this again. It's probably already on our website. Uh, you can study all these chapters again and it will help you understand uh, uh, Daniel's prophecies. It is just amazing. We stand in awe of the Lord. Amen. And that's why, you know, in our day, in our time, we're living in a time where the Bible says God is pouring out his Holy Spirit on all of his people. And one of the things that characterizes this last day move of the Spirit is that God gives visions and dreams to His. So God is still speaking. If He spoke to Daniel, He's still speaking to His people through His Spirit. And we must be open say, God, show me. Speak to me. What do you want me to do? What, what are you telling me about my life? What are you telling me about the days to come? Speak to me about my own life. God is speaking through visions and dreams to His own people. And we should be open and receive from the Lord. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I call our worship team up. We'll take a few moments uh, just to worship the Lord. Father, we just worship you, God. We honor you this morning. You are such an amazing God who speaks. You're the God who declares the end from the beginning. You're the God who knows every detail of our lives. You know every person here, God. You know every detail. And this morning, even as we stand before you, I just ask for the glory of God to be manifest in this place. I ask, Lord, for a release of visions and dreams upon your people. I ask, Father, that you will speak to your people powerfully by your Holy Spirit, guiding us, Father, into what you want us to do here on earth. Even this day, Lord, speak to us, because we know you're the God of heaven who speaks, who reveals deep and secret things. Speak to us, Lord, through visions. Speak to us through dreams. Inspire us to serve you, to honor you. Just thank you, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. I want to be your King of like you do God I look to you 
Father, we just thank you that you're the God who speaks or reveals or just moves upon your people, God. I just thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just want to pray for two things this morning before we close it. First of all, I just want to pray for any person here. Now, I know some of you are involved in education. You're running schools and all of that. But I want to pray specifically for any person here. And I believe it's just God just wants to encourage you. Uh, for anyone who is a wanting, desiring, so you don't have it yet, but you're desiring to start a school or to invest in a school. So I want to pray for that. If there's any person here, I'm not talking about somebody who already has schools and all that, that's okay. I know many of you are in that field. But for somebody here who is desiring to start or you're desiring to actually invest in that, I want to pray God's blessing on you. I believe God just wants to encourage you this morning to step out, just go for it, and God's blessing is on you. So I want to pray for that. And second, I just want to pray for couples who might be believing God for children. So, if there are couples here, you don't have children, you're believing God, you're praying, I just want to pray with you this morning uh, and just release God's blessing on that area as well. So, if you relate to any one of these two, I just if you don't mind, just put your hand up and we're going to pray. If there's anyone here, you relate to any one of these two things, just put your hand up and we're going to pray for these things, okay? So we see a few hands up in the balcony and down here as well. We're going to pray for this. And I want you to receive this as this a word from God. This is an encouragement to you uh, concerning these two things. Let's all pray. And I want everyone just praying and saying, God bless these people who've got their hands up. Whether it's, it's about a school that they are considering starting or investing in, God bless them. Bless that venture. Bless what they step out to do. So pray for them that way. For those who are couples or believing God for children, I want you to pray and say, God, we release life into the womb. We release, we just bless their, bless them, bless their bodies. We pray they will have children. So Father, right now, this morning, as a church, we join our hands together. We pray for these people, God. Uh, whom you identified this morning and you want to confirm you want to assure them you want to affirm what they believe in God and so Father I release your glory in Jesus name we pray for those people who got that burden in their heart who've got that desire in their heart to step out start a school or invest in a school to see that 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 education place set up Lord we release your blessing upon them we release the grace of God the anointing of God upon them Father, we declare provision coming in, the supernatural provision coming in, Father God, for them for them to see this come to pass, to see this actually established and in a place where lives will be molded and, and lives will be shaped, God. We release the grace of God upon them. Lord, we release ministering spirits, the angels of God, to assist them, Lord, as they step out and, 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 and move boldly in this, that the angels of God will accompany them and orchestrate things for them as they do this and I release a blessing of God upon each of these uh, people who are stepping out into setting this up in Jesus name and Father right now we also pray for those uh, couples who are believing for children in Jesus name we speak life into the womb we speak life over their reproductive systems we speak blessing upon them and we call forth children for them in the name of Jesus we command life and we call forth children in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just thank you that this morning the anointing's been released, the grace's been released, Lord, and your glory is upon them and they will be blessed with children. Because Father, your word says that no one will be barren among your people. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's close in prayer, please. As we close this meeting this morning if there's any person here that you've never been born again you never received Jesus into your life and this, you've, this morning you've heard, you've seen how great God is He is real, He's powerful He's great if you want Him to come into your life if you want Him to be your Lord your God to forgive you your sins to be your Savior 
you want to start a new life, Jesus Christ can do that for you. Would you just pray this prayer with me and say, Jesus, I want to start a new life. Help me. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. You can pray with me. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you this morning. Forgive my sins. Help me to start a new life. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's receive the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each one. Always. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Next Sunday, we're going to do a quick overview of the book of Revelation. Uh, and just, 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 again, another amazing book. So be here next Sunday. Bring your friends. We'll run through Revelation. God bless you. See you again. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.